Welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Deitchman, and with me is... Trevor Bettis. That's right, and this week we'll be talking about the Essentials Kit and integrating pre-written into your homebrew. We'll also be answering questions from listeners like you. Trevor, how was your games this week? Uh, well, it's more of just game. <laughs> There's no plural there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... My uh, my Skype group didn't meet, and so uh, we, uh, just the Pathfinder one that that you and I do yeah. that was fun. Yeah, I, I turned more into the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that was not this character's original plan. Yeah, I mean, like it was a fun game though because we actually got to feel like powerful and kind of show off how powerful we felt. Yeah, <laughs> and then my companion, who like that's the game term for it, she's my companion, mm-hmm. and my dude keeps turning into the Doctor, and she was freaking awesome. Yeah, straight up Raven from Teen Titans. Yeah, it was, it's it was cool. It's pretty sweet. Did not do that on purpose, but realized through the game that's exactly who she is. Yeah. <laughs> Black shadow wings and everything. Mm-hmm. But how, how, how's your games going? Really, really amazing. Um, we did Tomb of Annihilation. Ooh. And our cleric ranger was like, hey, um, you see that large undead Tyrannosaurus Rex that's in front of us? They were like, yeah, we do. We need to hide. Cool. Okay, set up Liam and Stiney Hut. Okay, I want to shoot it. <laughs> and that's when we ended it. <laughs> and I was so excited. Not to mention, we did change how we did the travel system. Okay. Because we were doing the full by the book. Mm-hmm. But then uh, since we weren't meeting up week by week by week, it got a little tedious. And so we kind of changed it up. Um, which was for the better. Which I'm really glad about. Everyone liked it. Good. And then for my campaign that we do on a weekly basis. Oh boy. So uh, the big bad evil guy came out uh she was just hanging out in the city for a little uh halloween night uh valindra showed up oh good yeah and good. they saw her through her disguise and they're like what do we do and they end up confronting her and they actually had to fight a full-blown lich <laughs> in a small contained room and that was the entire session i won't say in the end everyone went down Oh. However, they didn't die for story reasons. <laughs> and it was a really cool send-off. Yeah, magic. <laughs> and everyone said they enjoyed the fight, however stressful it was. <laughs> so that was neat. That's good. Yeah. But uh, into dungeon keeping, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even let it just, you just went straight for it. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> we, we've been, we had housekeeping on the thing. I was like, what if we called it dungeon keeping? Yeah. So our housekeeping is now officially known as dungeon keeping. I like it that much. <laughs> but uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about our... Oh, yeah. So we did a contest. Yes. Um, uh, we got the essentials box and in it... Uh, is some D&D Beyond stuff, but one of it was a 50% off coupon for uh, the Player's Handbook. Super awesome. Yeah. Um, I already have that, and you you don't really use D&D Beyond. Not much, but yeah. if I do, I go through you. Yeah, yeah. You just, <laughs> you're on my stuff. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to do a little giveaway. So we did that, and uh, a guy on Twitter named Danny, if you're listening, congratulations! Woo! You already know you won, but now everybody else does too. Yay! Um... <laughs> We're going to try and do contests yeah. here and there when we can. Oh, we'd love to at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would love to do them all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we're mostly going to host, well, we're only going to host them on our 
social media platforms. We yeah. might mention them here, but keep an eye on those because that's going to be the best place to see it. Definitely. Um, the only other thing I have for Dungeon Keeping is uh, that Adventure Series 2 I was talking about. Yep. <laughs> guess, guess, who's, uh, guess whose audio is not that great. It's okay. It's this guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so lot, there was a lot of audio problems with when we recorded, and um, going through it would be almost a full-time job, Yeah, because it's five hours, and I'd have to edit almost every minute of that, which would take minutes upon itself. That I mean, usually editing is at least twice the amount of time that's on that clip, yeah. so... Yeah. So, yeah, what we're going to do, um, uh, Dusty had a great idea, ho- host of Price Count, plug, mm-hmm. um... <laughs> He, he had the idea of doing a clip show, basically clipping out what I thought was good and then touching that up and then putting that out as one. So I think I'm going to do that. It's just when I get some time to do it. But we are going to do another episode at some point soon with that group, plus another one that's coming up. I've got a lot of them in my head. Very exciting. Very exciting. So exciting. <laughs> Riveting, you might say. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for that. I just want to give you guys a heads up that Adventure Series 2 is is not near. <laughs> <laughs> But you'll get a fun clip show. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I think we got some news. Definitely. Mm, let's mm-hmm. do that one. First up, um, Trevor and I are both very excited about this. Trevor has been doing it nonstop. But Idle Champions is on the iPhone now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, someone may have bought the Foundries pack a second time. Second. <laughs> yep. I need, so... my, I need my beholder. And it's very awesome. It's a fun little game. If you haven't played it yet, now's a good chance to. It's oh free. My God, it's and so, so you can good. just plug it in. If you get that D&D itch, you can just get in there and see all your favorite heroes. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, Mince, go kill that freaking stupid wizard for me. Ha, I did it. Exactly. Go for the ice bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. I'm so happy. Uh, oh my. And I found it by accident. Like, I was just like, oh, I wonder. Why is it downloading? It's working. <laughs> Open. Oh, my God. <laughs> You just immediately text me. (laughs) Oh, I did. I immediately texted you. Tara was rolling her eyes into the back of her skull like, no, not again. Please, Mm -hmm. God, no. (laughs) But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and give it it a whirl. It's It's fun. fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Up next, I mean, the Essentials Kit. Yep. Released at Target, officially. Exclusively. Exclusively at Target, which, I mean, totally awesome. Yeah. It's going to come out. In September everywhere else, Mm -hmm. but for right now it's exclusive to Target if you can find one, which (laughs) I've been seeing on Twitter is a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. They're not in the board game section, technically. I believe they're mostly going to be at end caps, kind of scattered throughout the store. Well, when I got it, it wasn't even on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I went up to a dude, he's like, are you sure we're supposed to have this? Well, I mean, it is exclusive. And they're they the were the only ones. <laughs> this was like four days after it came out, and it was in the back still. <laughs> Never changed Target. Yeah. I mean, they also have some trouble stocking up their magic cards and all that, too, but mm. <laughs> that's a different conversation. But yeah, uh, you can listen to this episode about the Essentials Kit, because that's going to be a lot about what this is about. Yes. And then uh, go to Target and see if you can find it. Definitely. Um, last on the news is D&D is one of those amazing companies that likes to support Pride Month. Um, they do have some pride gear that is very wonderful. They've got a hat, sunglasses, flag, shirts, uh, little pop sockets for oh, your phone. The, I thought about getting the pop socket. And it's both the ampersand from D&D and the magic, like, logo, too, mm-hmm. which is both pretty neat. They're rainbow. It's colorful. It's great. Um, all the proceeds pretty much go to Lambert House. And go ahead and check out their 
their Twitter, their Facebook, their everything, and they have it all advertised on there. I'll I'll, uh, I'll retweet it on the the difficulty class account. Yeah, too. I'm I'm really I'm really tempted to get that flag. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, so cool. <laughs> the sunglasses and the pop saga are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Might, it's really tempting. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think that's it for our news, mm-hmm. at least D and D related. Yep. Uh, one of these days we're going to run out of D&D news because <laughs> I did not have any during dif- or during uh, Dungeon Driver. <laughs> well, we'll get there when we get there. Yep. But uh, on to the first topic, the Essentials Kit. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually a really, if, as you can hear, a hefty box. It is hefty. Um, I will say that. It's a great size. Like, first thing you do, you open it and right on top is the new dice set. Here's some ASMR for you. <laughs> because um, I haven't opened these dice yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta roll them around. Yeah, let's, let's just pour these out. Yeah. There they are. Wait. Oh, yeah, that was all of them. Uh, it's a whole set of 11 dice, uh, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's two D20s. You got the percentile dice in there and four D6. And then, of course, your other regular set of dice. <laughs> uh, a one and an 18. Good God. That's mm-hmm. my rolling right there. And... I, I love that they have the full 11 set in there because 2D20s, and I believe it might become the new standard for D&D, just honestly based off of what they've released the past few yeah. like products they've done. Like uh, Tomb Annihilation had 46s, mm-hmm. and then the Ravnica set also had 2D20s and 46s. And that huge die. Well, actually, the Ravnica set... <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think it had 2D20s. No, it just had the huge D10 yeah. with the, the guilds on uh, it. The... The uh, Dragon Heist one has That's the two D twenties, yeah, but it, it also has the four D six, and like four is a little bit of a weird number, but at least it's more than one. I believe it's because character creation. You oh, roll forty six, so and the rules even tell you roll forty six and yep. take the three highest. You're one hundred percent. I'm just like, man, that's like a weak fireball. Yeah, four, <laughs> that that uh, that totally makes sense that it would be for something you know helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the I love the dice. They're bright, right? bright red color they're I, not really like i will say fancy like, yeah that's my that's my only complaint about it, is that they're transparent red like mm-hmm. they look like candy they're not what i think of when i think of dice yeah um i kind of wish they'd gone with just a solid color but it's cool you get the fact that it comes with dice which is something that's the starter set does not yeah um, is a really big thing and will get you playing immediately. Like you can yeah. have this handful of dice and that's all you need for you and your you, friends. You could just have it in the middle of the table and just all share. Yeah, and it's exactly. brilliant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the, uh, let's see. Do you have the actual order that they come in on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's go through that. Like, so, there's, open it and the first thing is the bag of red dice. Love it. So even if you're a brand new player and you've never seen D&D before, that's your introduction, mm-hmm. which is great because that's what it is. It's a... Get used to dice because you're going to be rolling them. It's a dice rolling game. Um, up next is like the rules kit and then the DM screen and then the adventure itself. And then, of course, all the, the like cards. perforated yeah. cards. We'll get to those. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to say the adventure book itself and the rules, too. They're both really nicely bound. Mm-hmm. Um, glossy pages. Like the adventure book has color maps. And even some new art with a bunch of monsters, and of course the art is always just so good and nice. I've got I've got some thoughts about what's inside of them, but but yeah, mm-hmm. just looking at them from the outside, they are much nicer bound than the starter yeah, kit ones. Definitely, you're gonna hear that a lot, but <laughs> things might be different in my opinions later. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's no like 
minis or tokens or anything like that, but we'll get more into that also later. Yeah. Um, and it does come with a double-sided map as well of Sword Coast, because naturally that's where all their... Zoomed in, but yeah, Sword default Coast. ...default adventures kind of go, mm-hmm. uh, especially with this edition right now. Um, it also comes with a few character sheets and uh, also the wonderful D&D Beyond coupon. Yes, it comes with... Um... Uh, a voucher for the adventure that comes in this set, uh, so you can just get that straight off, or you could get the fifty percent off coupon for the player's handbook. Yeah. Um, I love D and D Beyond. I think this is great because I, I really do think people should use it. My friend, I'm doing a game for my coworkers tomorrow. One of my coworkers is building their own character, oh. and it's taking him several nights to do. Right. Uh, I'm making some pre-mades for uh, my other co-workers and i made both of them in D beyond in 10 minutes at yeah. level three D beyond kind of really just yeah. it doesn't do it for you but it really guides you i mean through the hard text instead of you having to read everything <laughs> the, the other reason like even dms the reason i suggest getting the player's handbook is one of the things that's been helping me understand player mechanics is on D beyond i go in and i just make level 20 characters mm-hmm. and i just go through every level and see what they get and see pick the options and I understand the classes better now. Oh, see that's good like I wouldn't call it homework but that's good just like helping yourself yeah. learn the Research. game more. Research. Yeah. yeah, for DMs. That's that's an awesome tool. Yeah. Definitely. But uh but let, let's let's rewind a bit and talk a little bit more in depth about some of this stuff. Definitely. Um start with the the DM screen. Yeah. Now you you can probably hear this thing. I think this is beautiful. <laughs> the art is probably my new favorite 5e art. Like, out of everything. This mage walking ahead with her staff and her spell book being held by mage hand. And then her little familiar with the fish in its mouth. It's so good. <laughs> and then the bard with the, the loot, her sword and her arrows. And this the fighter dragging along. <laughs> this halfling in a cart. And then a cleric with a holy light on it. Just like, literally beaming down yeah. on him. And then just on the far right you see the, the lone white dragon. And of course like what looks like this barbarian pointing out the trouble ahead. Well, th- those are orcs because they, they they got oh. some, they got they got some they got some orc problems up oh, there. Oh, see, the, that's the so fire. cool. It's got so much to look at on this one thing. Yeah. That said, oof. <laughs> <laughs> A good summary. <laughs> it's um now this 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 box set is twenty five dollars, yeah. which I think is a great price point. Amazing price point. Like this box. Could have easily been thirty or forty dollars. Yeah, especially considering that a player's handbook in bookstores without any coupons, fifty yep, bucks. Fifty bucks. Just one book out of the usual three but they recommend. Because of that, some of the stuff in here isn't very high quality. It is very starter. Yeah. Um, which is funny because this one's the essentials we get. But <laughs> yeah. But this is a great. You get the box. You go to a friend's house and you just bust it out and start playing from there. This is a good like. Hey, this is my first DM screen. Definitely. I totally think you should upgrade as soon as you can yeah but i think it's even a little smaller than the regular dm screens that are out right now too like height wise too a little bit mm-hmm. i haven't really actually haven't looked at that yeah it is a little and the information that's on it, it reminds me of the first the fifth first, edition dm oh, screen oh yeah because like it even has the size stuff over here oh which i remember seeing on the first dm screen i'm like why do i need to know that i <laughs> I can I can figure that out pretty mm-hmm. well. So it's very basic stuff, but it is for a first time DM. So yeah. that's good, and it's not overwhelming. Definitely. Overall, I think this is a great thing to have in this box. Um, but 
Yeah, I am glad that they included a DM mm. screen in there. Le- legitimately, I might find a way to just frame this because it's oh, that would super be cool. pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. super pretty, but I'm never going to use it in a game. No. Especially, yeah. I mean, since we are experienced so, DM players. Yeah, and so, and, so, and so know that if you are a DM that's already had experience and stuff, the DM screen you get is pretty, but you're probably not ever going to use it. Yeah. Like, even if you were going to run this stuff, I feel like I'd just grab my old DM, my, my normal DM screen and use that. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, the cards. Yes. So this this got shown off at the, the Descent stream, and... Mm-hmm automatically I thought it was a brilliant idea. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's just it's a bunch of sheets, so it all comes out in full 8.5 by 11 pages. And I was a little disappointed that you had to perforate them because now they all have this, like... The ragged the edge. The ragged edge, yeah. and it's like, oh, it doesn't but, quite feel good. I but. mean, naturally, it's either that or it just automatically comes in the box that they also give you, which I will yep. say is nice that they give you a way to store all oh, the cards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They do. It's like it's kind of like a Magic the Gathering style deck box where you just unfold it and boom, it's a box. Yeah, and, but like as far as the the card quality goes, yeah, it's not the best, but again, it is the price. And it's not just regular letter paper; it's actual like cardstock. It is. It is yeah. like it's not it's not crappy paper or anything by yeah. that means. Like I mean, they are good cards. These will get messed up. They will. Yeah. Like <laughs> if any uh, like water or anything gets on any of these instant disintegration <laughs> yeah they, they're just glossy in the way that it's just eh, it's got a little bit of a mm-hmm. sheen on it but not necessarily laminated by any case or anything but i do think that this is a great idea for new players and new dms like mm-hmm. um the only thing though is that like i kind of worry that it gives a bad expectation like to a, players yeah, a preconceived notion that dms will be this prepared always. or even worrying <laughs> them worrying a new dm that it's like oh do i need to do this stuff for every right. game um which you don't <laughs> spoilers <laughs> um i uh, like this made tara super happy because you she even talked about on her episode of dungeon driver that she loves handouts yeah she loves props yeah so the fact that this gave her the handouts are mm-hmm. great and uh let, well, let's let's talk about what stuff there is in here with like yeah not spoilery but definitely i mean so that comes with first i i want to mention the initiative cards because mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of people mention uh handing out initiative to the players like delegating that job to other than the dm and i like the concept of that because it helps speed up combat a little it does. bit and the fact that it's not a secret, it's not like something that you have to keep track of alone, is something that I really enjoy. But I do know that there are some DMs that prefer to have it secret. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, it's easy to just omit yeah. the initiative cards. But I, I think that if you're starting off, this is you should use these. Like, yeah. this is a great idea. I am sad that they're not tent cards that can easily go over the DM screen that you yeah, have. Yeah, but... <laughs> But uh, that's a whole other topic that we can talk about. Later. Yeah. But the uh, next up, we got condition cards. Also very helpful. I mean, the, it's on the back of your DM screen. Yep. And it's also uh, actually, actually on the back of the rule book, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they've got these very easy to find in three places mm-hmm. uh, because you are going to run into them eventually. Yeah. I mean, like, someone's going to go prone, like, immediately. Yeah, and they, you can just give them the thing, the card that says what it is. Mm-hmm. And for new players... They don't know what those words mean. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know what being prone means in life, but what does that mean <laughs> to the game? Uh, like... <laughs> I find myself prone quite often. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, the And then they have uh, combat step-by-step. Mm-hmm. So these are things that you can hand out. There's only three of them, which is a little weird. Um, yeah. Like, 
it, it like especially because like I think on the box it says for like four to six players or something. Two oh two to six players. Uh, one being the DM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you have you know five people, one DM and four players, you got three cards. You got to share the combat yeah. cards. Yeah. It is a little weird, um, but I still love that they have it because uh, it's got determine surprise, establish positions, roll initiative, take turns, uh, begin the next round. And they all have, you know, one to two sentence descriptions of what those and are. And I didn't realize this, but the DM should probably have one of these cards if they're new at the game, too. It, uh, it has it on the DM it screen. It does? Like this I'm entire thing pro- on there? I'm pretty sure. Because if you're new at DMing and the game in general having this in front of you would help you run combat so much more than having to remember everything. I lied. It's not on here. (laughs) So then in reality for a brand new player who's just starting the game and a person who's a DM, Mm -hmm. uh, if you rolled the dice and one of you is like, who's going to be the DM? And you got the luck of the draw. Mm -hmm. uh, You would want this card as well. So in reality, there's only two combat cards. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's, they're shareable. They're little cards. They are. You can easily put it between people, but. I mean, you could even, you could copy them if you want. But yeah. it is, it is just, it's three was, I feel like was a weird choice. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm just going by what I have these organized <laughs> by. That's fine. Um, next up we got sidekicks. Oh yeah. This is a brilliant idea to have in this box. And awesome art too. So cool. Yeah. So on one side, it's got what they are, what their personality, ideal, bond, and flaw are. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, it's got a little, little picture, little of, picture of what this person is. It's got their name and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's great because you can now play this box with one player. Yeah. And that was something that they were even pushing almost. Like with the past UAs and everything that they've been putting out recently is sidekicks and playing one-on-one campaigns like with the dm and yeah, one player which is great because like i mean now tara and i could just play D yeah. if we wanted to yeah i mean one of the biggest complaints people have in general about D is just finding a group yes and only being able to play with one other person you can do that now mm-hmm. super easily and there's a ton of uh, like stuff on DMs Guild if you didn't enjoy this adventure particularly that is one-on-one yes like specifically made for one-on-one people so but I love I, that they have the sidekicks in this but yeah the, the sidekicks are probably one of the best parts about this box yeah um, especially since uh, in the uh, adventure book or not the adventure the rules book it has the rules not only for them the stats for them but also how to level them up so yeah. they can keep going with you so it's exactly. not just like an NPC it's actually like a a mini player. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing are quest cards. This was the thing that is both amazing and the thing that is the expectation that I worry about. Yeah. Because they are they are little cards that have the name of the quest and a description of the quest. And what you're told to do in the book is pick three of these and act like they're on a message board. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. I love that idea. But I know, like, I ran a free roam game like mm-hmm. that where it's a monster board. And I just told them what it was. I didn't. You didn't. Give I didn't them do. Options I didn't. I didn't much. hand them out like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But this is a great idea for new players since they can look at it and hold on to it and, and refer back to and it. Refer too. back to it. Yeah, because that's one of the biggest issues I have with my new players too is that they forget what they're actually doing. Yeah. Because they get so involved in both just learning how to play and what they're actively doing at the moment and, that they forget the bigger picture. In Adventure Series 1, I'm pretty sure one of them went, what are we doing again? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the reasons why I changed how we did the traveling in Tomb of Annihilation. Because yep. he's like, why are we going to this place again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do enjoy... The, the quest cards are great for 
this adventure, and they mention that in the adventure book mm-hmm. too, um, but it's also great for other homebrew stuff. Like if you want to incorporate adventure job style sandbox mm-hmm. kind of campaign into your what you're doing with your friends, then this is a good way to style it around. Yeah. Like you can do something very similar on your own. Yeah. Uh, the last part of the cards are magic items, and my god, there's a lot of them. There's a ton of them. There's so many. It is easily the largest stack out of all of them. Yeah. Um, and this is, again, great, also (laughs) worrisome, uh, because you can just, like, here, you got a plus one battle axe, and you just hand that to the player. Yeah. They know what it is. They don't have to worry about writing it down. They can just have it next to their sheet. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, like, the... Expect the if there's an expectation of that happening, they might get disappointed in later games. But I think for a starter one, this is perfect. Oh yeah, especially for a starter one because, like I was mentioning earlier, if you're a new DM, instead of like having to transfer all this into like a note card or just literally texting them everything, uh, you can just hand them this piece of paper that's already made for you, and you don't have to worry about it. Yep, that's one less thing for you to worry about. Even things as simple as like a health potion, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, no, I saw that card. I'm like, I might keep these outside of this so I can just always remember how much healing stuff does. Yeah, because I forget all the time. And that's just so neat that they have like just the simple stuff like a healing potion, which oh you wow, can easily buy. So, so they have a bunch of potions of healing, a potion of greater healing, mm-hmm. and then a potion of superior healing. Oh, see, that's so neat. Yeah, that's awesome. It's more than just like special axes or swords yeah. or robes it's like oh also the basic stuff you can buy in stores <laughs> the one disappointment i will mention about these is that there's no art on them yeah and it's a little thing it's not ruining the box in any way shape or form it's not taking anything away from it but i think it would have been cool if there had been like the plus one battle axe to shown some cool axe on here yeah. so that when you hand it to them they're like oh that's my axe that's so cool yeah because like i know um i gave out magic items uh, in Dragon Heist. Mm-hmm. And on D&D Beyond, they do have artwork. And, and they so, have the whole picture on yeah, there. And yeah, and so like Alex clicked on He's like, oh my god, that looks so cool. Um, so I, I think having stuff like that could have been a little bit more immersive for new players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for new players especially. Yeah. yeah. Like me, I, me I'm just, uh, I make up whatever I want it to look like in my head. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, for the new player thing, I think that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. What do we we got? Oh, the the fold out map. That's yeah, the next the, thing. The double sided map. Yeah. The, it's the Sword Coast. Naturally, that's kind of like the default area that Fifth Edition is in right now. And like, um, but like I said, it's zoomed in. Like, really, all you see is Neverwinter and Fandolin. Yeah, it's it's the mirror of dead dead men up to the crags just above the Neverwinter Wood, and yep. that's it. Yep. So like, if you're familiar, for example, with the Neverwinter MMO. This is the literal map that you play. Oh my god, it is. Yeah, it's, that's, when you zoom out and choose what area yeah. you want to go to, that's the map that's you get. That's the map, yep. And but, so it's kind of really focused in that area, but the reason why is because the adventure is focused on the areas surrounding Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. But the, the flip side of it, and probably my favorite thing, is that it is, is a giant map of Fandolin. It's a huge map of a single town. Yeah, and, and that, this I feel like more than the other side was greatly missing from the starter kit. Yeah. Because, like, I'm going to run the starter kit tomorrow night. I'm bringing this from this set with me. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So that I can lay it out on the table for them because I feel like this is a much better visual thing than I can do describing it. Yeah. Because I, you can hear me describe it in Adventure Series 1 and, like, I do an okay job at it, I think, but just having this for new players, mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so good. 
Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the map itself is gorgeous, as usual yes. with 5th edition maps that they give in their sets, like similar to the Waterdeep or Tomb Annihilation. And it's a really good map, and it's glossy, and it's gorgeous. Um, let me skip over those two things real quick and go to the character sheets. So, immediate positive is that they're on hefty paper, and they they're blank, and they're the original... Yeah, they're the original back-of-the-player's handbook character sheets. Yep. I mean, I'm one of those people that has kind of like a gripe with the D&D Beyond character sheets because i learned fifth edition on the player's yep. handbook character sheets and i just can't play with any other style i get that so i really enjoy that they printed it on the same and character they're sheet. Lined. oh my god they're lying because the printout ones from wizard's website like it's blank it's blank and it annoys me but these were lined yeah so like i might i might stockpile these mm -hmm. um, for my own use downside is that there's no pre-generated character sheets yeah so unlike the starter kit where you can just literally start playing immediately, this one you kind of have to learn how to build characters first thing. And I have a gripe with that. Yeah. I, f I genuinely feel like playing the game first and then making a character is a better way to learn it. And I didn't realize this until like a couple days ago. That was how I started. And yep. that was how a lot of my friends started was someone else either helped make their character or made their character or we played with a pre-generated character and we learned how to play the game first before we made our own whole character. Yeah. The the first game that I ran for you and your friends at the game store, yeah. I, I handmade all of those characters. Mm -hmm. And because I believe since the get-go that having a pre-made character is probably the best thing to do. Yeah. Like, I remember sitting with the, the fourth edition red box and Tara and Kyle making their characters took a really long time and we didn't have matt who knew anything about DD there so yeah. they're like i don't know what this means i don't know what that means so especially in a box that is aimed towards new players i feel like not having pre-made characters was kind of a miss yeah i mean like on monday too i literally just went through an entire session zero introducing a whole new player who's never even picked up these dice before how to make their character. Mm -hmm. Granted, we took the long way around and went through the cool background step-by-step -step series that mm -hmm. Xanathar's Guide provides. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I have those books. I have the experience. Yeah. I made plenty of characters in my life. But for a group of people that never have, that would be a difficult thing to jump into. Yeah. Especially looking at... I On Monday, I re-looked at how the Player's Handbook suggests making a character it's not a streamlined series of steps. It's It kind of jumps a little bit. And like, they have that one that's like, here's how this character is being made. But yeah. it's not the most step-by-step, -step easily to follow yeah. thing. Now, I haven't looked at how to make a character in the Essentials book yet. But so, I hope it's a little more uh, well, let, elegant. Let, let's actually move into that. So the, the rule book itself, I actually think it looks kind of cool. It's kind of, like, simplified. Mm -hmm. Um I first of all, I think both of these books just look even outside of their bindings way better than the starter kit because it had that weird like half art and then like table of contents on the front. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, so the the rule book itself is really good. It feels like this is a nice printout version of the basic rule set that you can download for free on Wizards. Yeah. But it does have a little more info. For instance, you can go to level six on this. Mm -hmm. Um and it shows you, it does do the character setup very similar to how the rule book does. Yeah. So it is very much the same as the player's handbook. And there isn't, like, I would hope for, like, little 
uh, little box texts that are just like, all right, here's, you need to know this for this because of this. Yeah. There aren't a lot of things in here that tell you why things are being plugged into what. Yeah. Um, so that's why I wish there had been, you know, pre-mades. Yeah. Like in the player's handbook, there's an entire section of, oh, your ability scores. But then it doesn't exactly tell you what does strength mean? What does dexterity? You have to go to an entirely different chapter to find that information. And it's very much the same in this. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that I, I like the amount of races that there are. Let's see. Uh, there's dwarf, elf, halfling, and human. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, that I think that is a good selection of races to start with. To start with, yeah. And But I don't think like you get to choose... Oh, no, like you have hill dwarf, mountain dwarf. Oh, so they have like the sub races as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, they That's have neat. high elf and wood elf. No dark elf, I don't, I'm not surprised about that because no. getting into the drow is just, you know. That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after you got your class or your race, it goes right into uh, classes. Yeah. And um, the one that absolutely surprised me the most, and I'm happy to see it in here, bard. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, we've got uh, Bard, Cleric, Fighter, Rogue, and Wizard. Well, you know, I kind of like that because it does provide kind of all the different roles that you would mm -hmm. find in a party. Yep. So, and I mean, also Bard, you can play by yourself as a Bard. I mean, mm -hmm. look at the Stephen Colbert. Oh, the yeah, Red yeah, the Day. Red Nose, yeah. And so that's pretty brilliant. I like that they have those classes in there. Well, like Cleric back in the day was, you know, aimed on buffing. Yeah. But now it is more of just heal and do damage. Yeah. The the bard is the buffer. And so I like that they're introducing that as a concept to players this early. Yeah. But uh, like I said, you can go to level six in this thing and it's got the little chart for all of that. And I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think the starter set went to five. Um, but I never have taken a party to five in that <laughs> box. Uh, I always ditch out of there pretty quick. Um <laughs> The backgrounds, let's see, we've got Acolyte, Criminal, Entertainer, Sage, and Soldier. So that's kind of like one for every class Yeah, and I'm a little disappointed about that because, you know, you can put any background to any class, but it is very obvious which one they want you to go with. Stereotype to stereotype. <laughs> so I wish they had had one or two more that were kind of gray area ones. Yeah. Like, um, like they don't have, they don't have Folk Hero. Folk hero could have been bard or cleric or, cleric or, or fighter or yeah. anything like that. Uh, they could have had sailor in there or something. Mm -hmm. I, I wish they'd had something that wasn't very obviously set for a class. Like A to A, B to B. Yeah, they, that would have been really neat if they... But at that point, they're almost guiding you to a pre-generated character and how to make one than you making your own yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. I, I still, I just I wish there'd been like one or two more. Yeah. Because, like, if they are going to have you make your own character, why not make it a, the, uh, like, mm -hmm. options to fully customize it? Um, after that, it is rules. Mm -hmm. And they actually condense the rules down into 11 pages. Wow. Yes. And I, sitting down and reading it, I actually feel like they did a good job. I remember seeing uh, the DM tips. And like that is actually in the adventure book. Yeah. But yeah. That's so neat that they have like just a condensed little to help you out. <laughs> yeah, like in the beginning there's a game overview of like here's, you know, how you play D&D and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But this like and it starts off with another piece of awesome artwork. Yeah. There's a lot of new art in here that I love. Um but yeah, it talks like the first thing it talks about 
Advantage and disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Amazing. Yeah, because that's still my favorite thing about 5th edition. Yeah, it's um, a super simple way to kind of just give, well, advantage mm-hmm. to someone versus not, instead of thinking about numbers. So you, you're saying how, like, they don't describe what the abilities are. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily do that. They do go through each ability save. Okay. But they don't tell you exactly what each one normally stands for or right. what could stand for. Which is odd because in the player's handbook, they literally have, like... The first sentence after every ability that they fully go into in depth and describe could easily serve as a, as explaining what it is in like a shorthand book yeah. like this. But again, condensing it down in yeah. eleven pages, I get it, and I but I st- I I think they do a really good job. That's good. Um, after that, spells, lots of spells, spells for days. Yeah, well, I mean, a good chunk of the player's handbook is spells. And, and again, <laughs> we got some nice new like uh like. Not colored, but hand-drawn out artwork. Oh, and that's all new, too. Yeah, it is. And it's um, it shows off some different types of spells. Oh, like that is augury, so cool. Fireball, or a flame sphere. Uh, you know, fireball, flame sphere, you know, you can get them mixed up. It's almost like of the same flavor as the condition cards. Yes, yes, very much so. That's really neat. Um, but they do have a good chunk of spells in here. I didn't go through and count them. Uh, but like, let's see. The, it's uh, not all 480 something spells that they offer now. It, it is, uh, it's <laughs> about 10 pages. That's of still spells. a good choice. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good chunk. And considering there's the, how many different spell casting classes on there? Like three? Um, yeah. The bard, cleric, wizard? Yeah, but, um, and the rogue, I don't even know if they let you do the arcane, the arcane trickster in yeah. there. But so there could possibly be, you know, four yeah, I uh, mean, of them in there. just cutting out all the sorcerer and warlock only spells alone could probably just cut down the spell list. Yeah. So that makes sense. That's great, actually. Yep. And then uh, the last thing is the sidekicks part. It's got the three stat blocks uh, for the, uh, the sidekicks. And unflavored. Then unflavored, completely. <laughs> yeah, so no, like, background or personality or anything. The, but those are what's on the cards. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you can almost make your own in that mm-hmm. way. And then the very last page is how to level up. The sidekicks. That's neat. And that's just to level six, right? Yep. Yeah. It's 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 pretty darn good. Yeah. Um one thing I will note is that there as far as I know, no mention of applying any of these rules to mats or tokens or minis or anything. Like it's all really heavily imagination based. Yeah, like I think there might be something in there about squares equaling five feet and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but it's very brief. Like they really wanna push forward to this is all you need to play Mm -hmm. which i am all for i mean there's i don't think there's any guidelines on how to do theater of the mind in there Mm -hmm. but they kind of just assume that well you just explain what you want to do i mean that's what's in the the combat cards you take your turn explain what you want to do and then you move on yep um so the, uh, the last thing we got in this box uh is the actual adventure itself yes this this is gonna be a long episode, <laughs> but I am okay with it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I haven't read it in depth. I did my normal like scan of it and looking through and getting a gist of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I will say, this is a very easily get the gist of adventure. Yeah. Uh, um, I will say that it's super module um it's like modular it's super easy to just take it and all these locations that are in there and just apply them anywhere you want it doesn't have to be right outside the neverwinter city it could be anywhere mm-hmm. and well, yeah we'll, we'll get into doing that stuff yeah and it's they 
because all the locations really don't have anything to do with the dragon that's on the cover mm-hmm. <laughs> or the name of said adventure itself, which is Dragon of Ice Fire Peak. Yeah, because the setup for this is that the party is in or gets to Fandolin mm-hmm. and there's a message board uh, or job board or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then you hand them three quests from the cards and they pick which one they wanted to go do and they go off and do it. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much it's like, no spoilers, the adventure begins in a, in a mining town of Fandolin and a white dragon is causing trouble. Go get it. Yeah. That's like the entire adventure. But the neat thing about it is that it's so just micro and where you can just completely pick things out and the dragon is random. Mm-hmm. You're the DM though, so you could make it not random. Yeah. It's up to you. Um, it's up to you if you want to roll on the table or not. Uh, it depends on the pace of your game, I suppose. So they really do leave it up to you to decide how long this game is going to be. And I actually really like that. Um, it's... They, they do have a thing in here about uh, leveling up without XP, where it's just like, one uh, after every starter quest, yeah, they get a level. And then after that, it's every two quests. Yeah, so pretty much or like... Or three or something. It's just like in a regular role-playing game mm. on like a system, where it's like, oh, I'm going to uh, kill these rats. Cool, you did it. At the very beginning, you level up. I'm going to keep killing these rats. All right. Well, you're going to yeah. get very little amount of experience from that. So you're going to be doing this for a yeah. while. And it, they do kind of express like, oh, the more cool things you do, the better you get. It does seem like that Wizards is pushing more towards like, milestone yeah. leveling than old experience style. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because that's how I do it anyways. And same here because they really do want to push forward to experience from completing a quest mm-hmm. versus just encounters like killing monsters would yeah 100% behind because that really does help push forward a campaign to where you don't end up with like a 10-year campaign and still only level 12 yeah (laughs) so so what do you think about the adventures themselves I think they're they're easy enough Mm -hmm. um, to go through especially a low level Um, I haven't really got had the chance to play them so Mm -hmm. to speak but I feel like First-time DMs, I feel like you could pick it up. Um, they do kind of explain it out. It is very much in the style of how uh, the newer modules are, like with the sandbox con- concept. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to pick up and kind of just say, okay, you guys are now in this town. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. There's the, no like A to B to C to D. You're very right about the sandbox. It is very sandboxy. Mm-hmm. And I think for that reason is why I don't like it for new DMs. Yeah. Um and I don't really like it for new players either. Yeah. Because the thing that I love about the Starter Kit Adventure and the reason why I've run it so many times is because you start in the action. Yeah. Like, well, okay, no, you don't you don't really, but you get there pretty quickly. You start on a cart and it's a nice moment to let the players role play with each other where you're asking them questions about mm-hmm. what they're doing and stuff like that. And then you get into the goblins on the road. So you go from role play to combat yeah. really quickly. And then they have a purpose for being there with, with Gundren. And it has a nice progression through it. It does kind of lose itself later in the where you're going to go to do quest things. Yeah. But I feel like you can do a very nice little straightforward adventure with that. Where this one is, you get to town, dragon's messing up stuff. Go kill a dragon. Oh, you're not good enough to kill a dragon yet. Go do other stuff, then go kill the dragon. Yeah. I Which mean, feels a little more video gamey. It is. Uh, that was something that 
I initially based my Neverwinter home game mm-hmm. based off of the Neverwinter MMO, which is a video game. Yep. And so I kind of had to tell my characters, like, I need you guys to build good characters that motivation is to help people. Mm-hmm. Because without that concept, they wouldn't be doing any of these things that I'd be throwing at them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that isn't quite addressed. Like, why would a rogue want to go kill a dragon other no. than oh wow yeah no that's a good point other than oh there's riches involved yeah but if the dragon comes to you where's its hoard how are you gonna get its riches you know mm-hmm. so it's like that's one of the things is finding the motivation for players and I, in a and, sandbox mode is difficult especially for first time dms yeah and, and i feel like that is what the starter kit does so well it's like i've had i had a rogue that was uh with the zentarum in yeah. my, one of my games. And I was like, oh no, you took the job from Gundren with these people and you've been traveling with them for a while. Well, why? I'm like, that's for you to figure out, but that's what's happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got a little bit more of a structure there. Um, but yeah, personally, I don't think it's a good first DM thing. And, and the unfortunate thing is that like, all, this box has a lot of really good stuff in it for new players, but because of how the adventure is, I can't recommend it to them. Yeah, I understand that 100%. Because it's... It is. It's very much a... That's the beauty of Sandbox, is that it's great for people who have been playing, but for people that are new to playing, they do need that structure. And and, and which is, is kind of confusing, because, like you just said, it's good for people who already have been playing, but then you have this DM screen. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is a little confusing... I, I understand, I, I think I understand the reason why the adventures like this is because it is, they are going towards more sandboxy adventures. They are, yeah. But I feel like some structure needs to be there for new players at the start. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree 100%. And that's why, I mean, their first books are still probably the best books to introduce to your characters. Like yeah. The starter kit and then the... Tiamat. Yeah, like which collection. is funny because that one's probably going to go on the bottom of my list, but it's the one I would recommend first. Yeah, I mean, only purely because of the structure yeah. to it. Um, because you do chapter one, and then you can't do chapter three until you do chapter two. Yep. And that structure makes a DM's life so much easier. <laughs> Whereas in Curse of Strahd, chapter two is Castle Ravenloft. <laughs> and you can't go to chapter two. <laughs> no, you can't. At all until you're well beyond the later chapters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, what are your opinions on the box? I like it. Um, I think it's really well put together, and for the price especially, mm-hmm. um, I think it's everything someone who either watches D&D gets played, or someone who's heard about D&D getting played, or someone who just sees it while they're at Target. Yep. I think it's a great gift. I, I agree with that. I actually hadn't thought about the person that watches D&D and hasn't played it yet. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. This would be a fun thing to just buy and sit down one night, even just by yourself, yeah. and go through, yeah. look at every piece of art, cut out the cars, do all that stuff. That would be a great thing. And that regard, yeah, I would recommend it to a first person that is just curious about the game because this has got a lot of stuff in it and the the amount of players that's just straight on the top of the box it says for two to six players yep that's just like a regular board game that you would find at target anyways yep and so the fact that you don't have to find that group of people 
in order to play. It's not as intimidating as it would be like the player's handbook. It's just a straight up $50 hardcover book mm -hmm. that you kind of have to feel like you have to really put yourself into it. You have to go full ham, essentially. Well, it, it, it's funny because like I, I've thought several times like, man, I wish I had gotten into D&D in high school. And then I was like, yeah, but I wouldn't, I, I didn't have enough friends to play that with or that would play with me. But if I had this where I had the option of just playing with one other person, oh yeah, I could have done that. Oh yeah. And that's like the neat thing about it is that you can play with just one other person. So I think it's a great box for someone who like has watched Critical Role or who has been keeping up with all the D&D streaming shows that they have now. Wow, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm, because it's the perfect introduction for those people, especially if there's D&D wow. Beyond. Yeah, no, because like, yeah, I didn't even think about that group of people. You're mm -hmm. completely right. If you do watch that stuff and follow the streams and whatnot and you know what D&D &D is, you're right. This box is perfect it's for, for them. It's for you. Yeah. It's 100% perfect for yeah. them. Yeah. I think that wow. that probably is their bigger target audience more so than new players. Okay. Especially since it's like, because it is brand new fresh character sheets and not pre-gen one, those people who have been watching the stream shows, they already have ideas of what characters yeah. they want to play. Yeah, or like even ideas of what stories they want to tell. So exactly. yeah, no, that totally opened my eyes to that. That's a 100% that's <laughs> perfect. So that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you completely changed me around on that. Um, the listener question is now going to be very interesting. <laughs> that's true. All right, we're going to uh, take a little break between topics here and uh, do a uh, DM's Guild Spotlight, what we were talking about last time. Yeah, and for sure. And I think uh, you have our spotlight. Yeah, so this week's spotlight is actually going to be on the Creature Compendium of Ravnica. Um, Say that five times fast. I know, it's, it's a little bit of a mouthful there, but there's a good reason. It's by Christopher Willett, and he has a foreword that's pretty much, it says, sum it up, um, to, there are over 37 trillion creatures on Ravnica. Jesus. Yeah, there's a number for you. Um, and he wanted to provide more than just the 77 monsters in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. And I think that sums it up beautifully right there. Um, I'm running a Ravnica game with Trevor, my sister, and my boyfriend, yeah. and... Just those creatures that are in there. It's great for what they have, like, in the book itself. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are a Magic fan and you have been playing for a while, you're like, well, I want to put in this character. I want to put in this dude. I want to put in this Planeswalker. Mm -hmm. Well, first off, none of the D&D &D books officially say, oh, here's how Planeswalkers yeah. walk. They I don't. was a little disappointed about that. They very much steer away from that for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. They are very... Because their magic doesn't make sense in D&D &D rules. Exactly. It's very much a broken concept of applying it in D&D. &D. However, this creature compendium includes Planeswalkers. And That's not, awesome. It does. And it's an, an easy stat block setup, too, to where it's like... Just like a monster stat block. And it has comparable spells to things they would be able to do. And it even has like a few Planeswalker abilities that are specific to those Planeswalkers. Perfect. So like they have Chandra in here. They have uh, a lot of other people. They even have Niv-Mizzet, Niv I think. But they have Niv-Mizzet. No. Yeah. They have Lavinia, Azorius Renegade. Oh, they nice. They have like a lot of the cards that are in this set currently. Let's see. They've got a Fairy Duelist. They've got... Uh, what's his name? They got Nicol Bolas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's cool. And he's like a legitimate dragon and he has spells and it's really cool to That's just neat. have. It does a lot of the work for you. And for someone who does like magic and for someone who's DMing for players that like magic, mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be more fun to incorporate these creatures 
into the game. So that way it's more of a, instead of a, I saw what I did there. And for your players to be like, I saw what you did there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a neat, just complete compendium of Ravnica more so than just the glimpse that the Guildmaster's Guide gives you. That's great. Because they also include like guild specific things too. Mm -hmm. Like they have a Demir doppelganger, Demir house guard, Demir spy bug, Golgari rotworm. Oh, nice. So yeah, that, that's, that's Mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. That sounds like if you are running Ravnica, that is a, almost a must buy. Yeah. It's a really great, just, Easy, all-in-one thing. And plus, uh, they have all the artwork in there. Oh, nice. So it's set up it, pretty much exactly like how a monster, the monster manual is set up. And the PDF is brilliant because if you click on something, it has hyperlinks. Oh, it'll, perfect. In the table of contents, it'll just immediately boom, take you to that, which is great. Um, and I, I can't recommend it enough, which is why it's the... It's the... D- spotlight of the week. <laughs> DM's Guild Spotlight. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh, do, do, you, do you remember how much it was? I believe... Is it one of the pay uh, pay what you want? I think it was, but honestly, it's well worth whatever you yeah. pay for it. Because okay. it, even if it was, I think it couldn't have been more than $10 if it okay. was. That's great. So it's completely worth it, definitely, for way more like monsters than you could ask for. Well, if you are running a Ravnica game, go to DM's Guild and check out the Ravnica Compendium. Is that what it's called? The Creature Compendium of Ravnica there we by go. Christopher Willett. Perfect. Go check mm-hmm. that out. Definitely. Um, well, you've got topic two, which we are very late into getting to, but hey, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, totally. Uh, topic number two is kind of very much in line with the Essentials Kit, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's integrating pre-written campaigns and books into your homebrew world slash game. Um, I feel like it's actually a lot easier to do than you'd expect. Well, especially with the Essentials Kit. Yeah. I mean... A lot of the books already have how to do that in their games. Like, uh, I've been running the Storm King's Thunder. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, at, in, in Appendix A, there's a what's next area. And they tell you about how to incorporate going to the next pre-written book. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they even tell you Lost Might of Fandeliver. So mm-hmm. it's like they tell you how to go into that next thing. Now, granted, that's campaign book to campaign book. But... It's, it's So that way it makes it easier for you to kind of just go into, oh, how do I incorporate this story into the next one? Which it offers tips into doing that for just kind of regular stuff too. Um, but yeah, it's like, what if you had a, your own homebrew world mm-hmm. and you picked up the essentials kit and you looked at the adventures and you went, oh, I want to run this with my group. but I Oh, but I have my own homebrew. Well, like the neat thing about the essentials kit is that the... Lo- the Dragon on Icefire Peak, especially, it's so modular mm-hmm. to where you can pick up this town, insert it here. Like, that was one of the things about Saltmarsh, too, is that in the very beginning they mentioned, this doesn't have to be in the Forgotten Realms. This could be literally anywhere. Well, actually, that uh, Saltmarsh isn't even in Forgotten Realms. It's mm-hmm. in Greyhawk. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, they mentioned that specifically because they know it's from a different mm-hmm. area entirely. So they kind of had to say that. I, I actually saw on the D&D Reddit, someone made a new map of the Sword Coast with Saltmarsh placed in it. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, like, and on top of that, uh, Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. it goes to a different plane entirely. Yeah, you could literally get there from anywhere. Yeah. 
and it doesn't have to be the name of Barovia. You could easily change it. You mm-hmm. can fit it so that way it well, mixes yeah. in well yeah, with like, your setting. Because the, the, one of the big things is it's the Shadowfell. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to call it the Shadowfell. It could just be... It could just be Barovia is in a yeah. separate plane of existence. You could straight up call it the Upside Down and run a Stranger Things oh, game. That's cool. Yeah. I, th- that's the beautiful thing about D&D is that in like, I think the beginning chapters of the DM's guide, they even mention about how you don't have to do this high fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. And they tell you how to apply this game in other settings. Yeah. And I mean... That's one of my biggest faults is that I haven't actually read through all of the DM guide yet. <laughs> but it's not a fault. It's just that I'm not using the tool to its best yeah. extent. Well, that well the thing is that like the the DM's book is very it's a toolbox. Yeah. So not everything in there you need. No, yeah, but there is an entire section on how to apply yeah. like these rules to a non-high fantasy setting. So if you are running more of an urban thing, then yeah, you could totally run D&D yeah. in that. But if you are running your own homebrew thing at a high fantasy setting, it's super easy. I mean, like for Storm King's Thunder, for example, since we talked about it so much the other week, um, all it is, the basis of the campaign, that's what you got to focus on. Like it tells you, oh, this is what the campaign's about. And to integrate it into your own campaign that's already happening, my biggest suggestion is look at your characters, your PCs. Um, try to find some way to integrate their background into it as a starting hopping point, especially if you already have an established fifth level characters, they're already in it to win it. And it's like, well, how am I going to get them into this campaign that is going to be way easier for me to run than making up something brand new every week. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about these sandbox adventures, especially is um, they do offer little tiny tidbits of like, this is what this town offers. You can place that town anywhere you want on a map. Uh, you can change the name and you can put the town anywhere on, anywhere you want on your own map. So all of a sudden, Neverwinter can be some other grand city that's mm-hmm. in your world. It's uh, it's the new capital of always cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you can take the basis of whatever quests they sent the characters there to do and just change it to fit your oh, world. Oh yeah, you, you could take every D&D-ish word and just swap it with your own word. Yeah. Like... Every quest in here has a location to set with it. And the nice thing is that you could just take that location and go, yeah, that exists in my world. Or you can just make up a new place with that you named, but mm-hmm. run that adventure in it. Yeah. And, uh, but you, you're talking about the, the, the books, the bigger books. Mm-hmm. Strahd? Like, even outside of you just being throwing them in Barovia suddenly, you could take the towns from that book. Yeah. Or even, like, the tower and stuff and just plop them in your world you could take the 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 bone grinder and just put it in there and my god tomb of annihilation yeah tomb no of nine gods yeah you, you can literally ta- just take you, it out and put you, it in your world if you decide your players suck <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want their characters around anymore yeah you could put the tomb of annihilation yeah. in your world and it's super easy to just kind of put in a hook that's the important yeah. part is to find a hook into the new campaign like for my weekly neverwinter campaign my characters are level 13. I figured that out, by the way. Hey! Um, <laughs> and one of my characters is from Waterdeep. She's ran away. She's from a noble house. And we recently found out, you and me specifically, Trevor, uh, we found out a way to get her character's backstory to hook into Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Mm-hmm. Now these guys are level 13. This campaign is made for one through five. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> couldn't breathe for a moment. <laughs> so even though it's such a higher level than the book would even suggest, this is my homebrew game. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a homebrew world, but I'm kind of an experienced DM. I know how to level things up to be a little more difficult and whatnot. So I easily just wrote her a letter from her family and all of a sudden, boom, there's the hook into the mm-hmm. into the new campaign. They don't have to go down that path if they want. And it's a homebrew world and it's very sandboxy. But it's available to them. Yeah. And I have the book. So if I want, I can run an adventure that I didn't have to write myself. And it makes things so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For my end, at least. Well, like... I, I really do think that the Essentials box would be the best for someone that is just looking for small little adventures. Because yeah. that is sort of the downside of 5th edition compared to older editions where there were splat books of just quick module yeah. adventures. Um, that isn't a thing here. This is a whole box of modules, though. That's the thing, yeah. Especially, that's the thing about the Essentials kit is that you can play it more than just a single night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do allow you to level up to level six mm-hmm. and it's just this one box. Yeah. So you can play it through multiple series of nights and you can play the same one mm-hmm. in different ways. Well, and, and even more than that, like you're saying with the leveling stuff up, like I read through one of the adventures earlier and it has a nice setup. It has a nice map creatures in it, a little weak, but if you have higher level adventures, you could just throw harder stuff in there mm-hmm. and you don't have to do all the legwork of worrying about the map, worrying yeah. about the backstory, worrying about anything like that. You just have to worry about what monsters are in there. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's a great point to my next motion is that if you are running a homebrew world where it's like the ice is frozen over, there's an entire section, I think, in Xanathar's Guide that suggests all these monsters for tundra play Mm -hmm. to where you don't even have to do the homework there. You can just look into that section, that table. Um, D and D beyond you can, you can sort by, uh, region. Yeah. Which was really helpful in some of the bookstore games. (laughs) So you can plop in and swap out monsters, like look for similar CRs Mm -hmm. to kind of match the flavor of the book. Um, and then just swap out monsters as you see fit. Yeah. Um, you could even reskin monsters. Like, instead of, oh, like, the Batiri goblins, who are, like, these crazy jungle goblins, you could have it be just, like, Arctic goblins, who are, like, riding polar bears and stuff. Like, you can do cool things like that easily. Yeah, because, like, the stats are just stats. You can describe them however you want. I've used several monsters of my own making, and I've literally just used a straight stat block out of the book. Mm -hmm. I don't change anything about them. Like, yeah, that works close enough. Yeah. And in the end, D&D is a narrative-based game to where you can describe things, but they don't necessarily have to fight it. Mm -hmm. Like, if they're going into a Like a zombie T-Rex, for instance. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) it's it's up to them if they're going to fight it. But, you know, if the night is at a point, you can be like, all right, and that's where we end it, and then you can panic about that later. I love doing that. (laughs) Good cliffhangers, right? Yeah. But uh, integrating these campaign books into your own homebrew world is I think much easier than anyone can expect it to be. Thanks to how fifth edition runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, fifth edition suggests if you don't know what you're doing, make it up. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing in a campaign book, make it up. And um, I was just talking to my friend Adam, who was just saying, yeah, that's why I don't like running these pre-written campaigns. Cause I feel constrained. I feel like, Oh yeah. I'm restricted I've heard to, that. 
exactly what this book wants me to do. And I was telling him, you can easily plop this book into your world and you have full control over the lore. If I had to physically rip out the stuff I don't use in campaign books, <laughs> my God, that book would be shreds. I mean, just flashback to when you were running Tiamat with us. Yeah. You were literally <laughs> reading the book, seeing where the bad guy went. You closed it and you threw it over your shoulder and said, okay, here's what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> And so from that point, we went into a homebrew kind of way. Yeah. I, I, I homebrewed like, what, two, three sessions? Yeah. And then went right back into the storyline. Exactly. And so if that's like one of your biggest problems with the campaign books is feeling constrained to the lore because there is a lot of lore with mm. the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. I mean, it's been going on since the 90s. And no, that's... Earlier than that. Yeah. yeah. It's, and the lore is like it goes on for over hundreds of years in game. Mm-hmm. You could just throw all that out the window yeah. and just plop these these tiny little cities or these big cities. You can throw Waterdeep into any campaign world. Yeah, and just not call it Waterdeep. No, and you can make up the history of Waterdeep as you like too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the very specific thing of what Waterdeep Dragon Heist is that it is about the literal city itself and the history of the city in a weird way. Sort of, but you could very easily take the elements of that that stuff and just use it as an urban caper Mm -hmm. like you really could yeah and so like you don't have to worry about volo's like Like, whole background to Waterdeep. (laughs) i i think that you could actually take Waterdeep dragon heist and run the another rpg system called blades in the dark which is all about heists and rogues and Mm -hmm. stuff and fully run it in that book oh see that's so cool yeah and I remember, like, when Waterdeep first came out, uh, my friends were actually talking to me saying, oh, we could run it in our game. And I'm like, our game is fully centered around Neverwinter. How would that work? But then looking into the book, I'm like, oh, it could totally work. I just mm-hmm. reskin Waterdeep as Neverwinter, which sounds weird because it's just literally a city north of Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. But I totally could. Yeah, you could. And I just would have to just tweak a few things. And so even in my homebrew game, which does not focus around Waterdeep at all, I could run Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Mm-hmm. I just have to kind of pick things up and put it somewhere else. But I think that's, to sum it up, yeah, it's way easier than you would expect. Just take what you like and put in what you want in your own game. What, what I'll, the last thing I'll say is give it a shot. Yeah. Pick, pick up uh, a book if it's on sale or something like that and look at it in terms of I'm going to change this stuff to what I want. Definitely. Yeah, give it a shot because it'll, it'll, it's just so freeing. <laughs> Whew, that was, that was some good topics. Yes, definitely. Um, all right, we're going to round out the show with a listener question from Dallas. Dallas was on the Adventure Series 2, which is slowly sinking to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he, he wrote in, and he said, uh, Hey, so I'm uh, after having a blast playing my first ever D&D game with you, uh, my sister and brother-in-law have shown interest uh, in playing. I was thinking of running a game for them and finally dipped my toes in, uh, into some DMing. My question, what's a good first-timer adventure that I could run for two to three players uh, that's not too long? So, um, I, I think the starter kit is probably the best thing to go with. Yeah. Um, you, doing it in two to three, or with two to three players, I is fine. Yeah. Uh, you just have to do a little bit of balance, um, such as like the first encounter, it tells you to have four goblins there for two to three players or for three players. It should be fine. If you have two players, knock down a goblin or two, knock down. <laughs> yeah. Like when I did it with, uh, with, for the first adventure series, I only had two goblins show up. Yeah. Um, so, but if you have three players, 
Uh, remember, Dallas, that's not including the, the DM. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that should be totally fine. Um, and like I've been saying through this episode, I feel like that one has more structure that is going to keep them going. You can, though, totally pick up the Essentials box. If you feel like a video game style fits more of what you want to do and what you think your sister and brother-in-law want to do, then the Essentials box might be a, a good fit for you. Yeah. I do, as, I haven't run the starter kit, but as someone who has been a player of it, that was definitely a great introduction as my first time kind of like, well, like playing it mm-hmm. because it definitely helped me understand how to play the game versus how to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also in the, the adventure book for the starter kit, one of my favorite things is that it's got those little block texts mm-hmm. for the DM. It's just like, hey... Don't worry about this. Hey, this is how you do this. Yeah. And, and so it's giving you little pieces of advice here and there, which I don't feel like the Essentials box does. They have it all in one place yeah. in the campaign book for the Essentials kit. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and it's, it's a really good little blurb about TM tips. But in the end, I think just the little reminders, it's very much the starter kit I feel would be more DM friendly mm-hmm. for first time DMers. Um, not to say the Essentials kit isn't, but... I think it would be more friendly. Yeah, the 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 one big down thing is that with the starter kit, you don't get the dice, mm-hmm. you don't get the the DM screen, you don't get the cards. Yeah. Um. So you could, I mean, if you got the extra cash, you could pick up both of them mm-hmm. and then just kind of slap them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you can go from the starter kit into the essentials kit because... Well, you could actually even turn the... You could fuse them into one. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't even think about it. You could start off with the starter kit. And then when they get to Fandolin, you could have the message board there and have more side quests Yeah. And I think in the essentials kit, like I mentioned with earlier with integrating the mm-hmm. books, uh, you can smash the books together. They mm-hmm. even do mention, oh, hey, if you have the starter kit, you can do this. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, I mean... And yeah. you have the money. Yeah, da- uh, <laughs> Dallas, I would say if you have the the money and the, the spare time for it, I think getting actually both the starter kit and the essentials kit might be your best bet. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would say start with the starter kit, but you're going to need to get some dice and maybe a DM screen or something, um, which actually would end up probably being about the same cost as just getting the essentials kit. So just <laughs> you know, pick them both up. Basically, the starter kit is good for a structured adventure for yep. you to run. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, that will work with you. None of the pre-written books I think are going to be good for first time or outside of that because mm-hmm. uh, this will teach you guys how to play on both sides. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of the other campaign books, like I was thinking about it the other day, and I, my first instinct was, oh, Water Deep Dragon Heist, but I'm like, no, that is definitely not a first timer one. No, no, Sp- not like, at all. First time DM or player, yeah. like there's a lot of concepts that you have to take into consideration and i think the structured a to b to c to d mm-hmm. guidelines is what you want for first time players and dm yep. so yeah i think starter kit's the way to go cool all right so well thank you that was our show for this week if you enjoyed it please consider leaving a review on whatever podcast serving you're using and tell your friends about the show if you'd like to have your questions read on the show, uh, you can send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com. Uh, you can also ask us on Twitter at difficultyclass or even just contest us on Instagram at difficultypodcast. Uh, we'll also maybe throw out some other things in there as well. So keep an eye out on those social media services. But until next time, don't get killed by an ice dragon.